prayer changes things, and the first thing it changes is us. Thank you for joining in on this episode of the Bryce Harper Podcast. I want to share with you real quickly, as quickly as I can, on prayer. We are right now um, in January, as I'm recording this, of 2024, second day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do annually. We do this two times a year, January and August, second day into it. So yesterday was really Sunday. It was the first day into that 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it was just an amazing day. Spoke on prayer. I'm going to share some of my thoughts real quickly about that um, from my notes. You know, prayer is God speaking to us, not us soliciting God. Uh, prayer changes things, like I said. And the first thing it changes is us. We know the passage, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray. So like the first thing that happens there is a lot of things I, I get from that. So if my people, God's saying, not if everybody else, but those who are my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray. So the first thing that happens in prayer is that it changes. So when we activate our prayer life and we're intentional and we're consistent in our prayer life, it changes us. It humbles us. And and we also have to be reminded that Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And then throughout the New Testament, we see that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Lots of quotes from great men and women of God I want to share real quickly. Charles Finney said, Nothing tends more to cement the hearts of Christians than praying together. Never do they love one another so well as when they witness the outpouring of each other's hearts in prayer. Ian Bounds said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the forces against evil. Martin Luther said, work, work from morning to late at night. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall have have to spend the first three hours in prayer. Spurgeon said, groanings which cannot be uttered are often prayers which cannot be refused. Billy Graham said, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is the exercise of drawing on the grace of God. And one of my favorites, Corey Ten Boone said, any concerns too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be, turn, to, to be made into a burden. Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. So we should pray first in everything that we do. Chris Hodges wrote a book on that um, entitled Pray First. It's a great book. Instead of arguing first, instead of worrying, gossiping, posting on social media, murmuring, dividing, complaining, instead of all of that, we should pray first. Uh, I am subscriber to Theos University, an online seminary. And one of the professors there, David Campbell, does uh, a course on prayer, and it's amazing. And from those notes, we see throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, this calling on the name of the Lord. We see that in Genesis. and In Exodus, we see Moses praying for 40 days, and uh, Samuel interceded and led led people in prayer. Solomon interceded and prayed. The Psalms are full of praise and prayers, repentance and things like that. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah were men of prayer. 
And because of their prayers, God spoke to them and gave them words of instruction for God's people. Daniel is probably the greatest example in the Old Testament of prayer. He he prays three times a day. He is prepared to die rather than ceasing in his prayers. Ezra encouraged and encouraged us to be people of prayer and fasting. Jonah was in the belly of the well. I'm sure he prayed. Habakkuk is entirely composed of his own prayers. Uh, postures of prayer seen throughout the Bible, lifting of hands, standing, kneeling. Um, and then in the New Testament, we see that prayer is the cornerstone of everything as it pertains to our faith that hinges on just the life and teachings of Jesus. So life and teachings of Jesus, the cornerstone of all of that is, is, is Jesus being a person of prayer. We see throughout the New Testament and through, and through the life of Jesus, often he withdrew to places of prayer. He prayed and the Holy Spirit descended upon him on his water when he was baptized by John the Baptist. He spent whole nights in prayer. Went to the hills to pray, prayed with his disciples, prayed, and his appearance changed. Prayed and taught his disciples to pray. Uh, in John 17, he's seen praying this high priestly prayer for his followers. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He prayed while dying on the cross. Early church, New Testament early church and Acts, we, we see that. The, the consistency and the, the constant time of prayer spent together throughout the book of Acts. The first miracle of the church was when Peter and John were on their way to prayer. Paul taught and showed thoroughly the faithfulness he embodied in prayer. And then our necessity to do the same. Paul asked for people to be praying for him repeatedly. Peter reminds us to be prayerful. Jews suggest that we should build ourselves up the most holy faith in prayer. Revelation reveals to us the power of the prayers of the saints. The truth is, prayer, no matter how... how you know, that's just a quick survey from Genesis Revelation. Prayer is a big deal. But the truth is prayer has become an accessory item in the church. It, it, it is a spiritual 911. It is, you know, we, we do everything else and then we pray. We, we, we have seen prayer just become this footnote rather than the subject of content. Prayer has been seen as unproductive. Prayer has been seen as something that, you know, we do at church before a nice dinner, a funeral, wedding. Prayer has been seen as something that just does not matter. But the truth is prayer is, is our priority and main item of concern and focus. Prayer is being proactive rather than reactive. Reactive Prayer is the first thing we do before we do anything. Uh, prayer is the main subject of action. Prayer is the most productive thing we can do. Prayer is what we do leading up to every big event in life. Essentially, prayer is what matters most. Prayer is about divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Prayer is not about us getting God in on what we're doing, but rather us getting in on what God's doing. And so for me, prayer does these three different... I get these results, three results from my own prayer life. Number one is prayer illuminates God's voice. Even in my personal time, Praying to God, I spend a, I mean, I, I, I kind of pray for like the first quarter of it and maybe throughout my time praying, but I spend a good three quarters of my time in prayer just listening to God, some instrumental music in, in the background, maybe some worship music in the background, but I spend a lot of time just listening. I, I get my prayers out. I get my frustrations out, whatever it may be, but in that, I begin to I 
begin to hear God's voice and his leading and I'm reminded of something, I say, you know, I need to do that. I need to encourage that person. Uh, the second thing is prayer invigorates what matters most. So in my time of prayer, I begin to realize the things that I am worried about and that I am stressed out about are not that big of a deal. These other things are really what are the mo- the things that matter the most. And the third thing is prayer improves uh, soul health, my mind, heart, and will. So prayer illuminates God's voice. It invigorates what matters most, and it improves. It illuminates, invigorates, and improves. Those are the things I get from prayer. But Jesus in Luke 11 tells us how to pray. Once Jesus, in Luke 11 verse 1, once Jesus was in a certain place. I want to give you seven things real quickly. Number one, you got to have a place. Jesus was in a certain place praying. He wasn't just at any place. He was in a certain place. And as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. You know, we ask God for a lot of things. God, blessings and provision and protection and God and healing and deliverance and influence and more of him and different things like that. Help me through this situation. Help fix this person, whatever the case may be. God, help me to be a better business person. Help me to be a better spouse. Help me to be a better pastor. Help me to be a better colleague, a better peer, a better friend, a better father and mother. But the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Not, I mean, they could ask them, teach us how to do miracles. You know, teach us how to walk on water. Teach us how to raise the dead. Now, teach us how to pray because they saw something in Jesus's prayer life that was worth modeling, was worth duplicating, was worth pursuing. So the first thing is there has to be there needs to be a certain place. Maybe it's maybe you have a long commute, man, in the cab of your vehicle. Man, can you turn that place into a temple? Man, I'm going to listen to some worship. I'm going to listen to something that's going to lift my soul and push me towards God. I'm going to listen to God. The second thing is posture. So Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. Other translation says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I love that idea of Jesus starting out saying you should pray like this, our Father. Our Father. My, not just my father, but our father. So there, there is this posture of that. I'm not, I'm not alone in this. And I have somebody who's over me, who's greater than me, who's watching over me. And, and I want him to be set apart. I want him to be and his name to be kept holy. He is outside of all this stuff that I try to attach to him, that I try to act like he said, no, 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 God, God is holy. He is, he is set apart. He's set above. So there's a place, there's a posture. And then there is sovereignty. There's a place, there's posture, and there's understanding of sovereignty. May your kingdom come soon. So man, his kingdom hasn't been established like, 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 like it should be. And the kingdom of God is wherever God is king. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We see that in Romans 14, 17. So a place, posture, sovereignty, and there's sustenance, right? Jesus said, give us each day the food we need. There's a lot of things we want. But we need to be asking God what we need. God, give us today what we need. What do I need today in my spiritual life? 
So there's a place, there's a posture, there's sovereignty, there's sustenance. Then there's repentance and forgive us our sins. I mean, we got, we got beef with all kind of people in our lives, maybe in our marriage, maybe at our workplace, maybe in family with kids, whatever. But God, don't just, God, forgive me of my sins. God, right? Forgive us of our sins. Repentance in the Bible and New Testament, a lot of times you see that the Greek word there is metanoia. It is the word for, um, a better way to break that down is to change the way you think. So when I repent, I am essentially saying I have changed the way I think about this particular habit, whatever's going on in my life. So forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I have changed the way I, f- I think about my sins. I don't want to do them. I don't desire them. I don't like the results of them. I don't like how I feel. I don't like what's happening around me because of my actions. I'm not just saying, oh, I'm I'm sorry because I got caught. I think differently about this. And God, God, would you forgive me? I repent. I change the way I think. Uh, And after that is forgiveness, right? As we forgive those who sin against us. If we cannot forgive others, it's because we have forgotten what we have been forgiven of by God. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? And the last thing there, seventh thing there is deliverance. So lean not on our own strength and intellect, but God's might and wisdom. Proverbs 3 says, My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and and your life will be satisfied. Never let loyalty, kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them down within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Proverbs 3, verse 5, you know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I love that thought of, and let uh, lead us not, but deliver us from evil. You're not going to be able to deliver yourself from your situation. You're not going to be able to deliver yourself from your addiction. You're not going to be able to deliver that family member or that situation at work or what's going on in your business or your ministry. You're not going to be able to do that just in your own strength. There is human responsibility attached, but there's also has to be an understanding. God's going to be the one who's going to deliver me from evil, from these things that are contrary to God. As I submit to him and as I try to steward my life in a way that he is teaching me and I'm learning from him, he's going to be the one who delivers me from those things. And even as we're in in a time of fasting, thinking about those seven things and thinking about fasting in conjunction with that, where our church is here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, it's on Memorial Boulevard, 3045 Memorial Boulevard here in Murfreesboro. Family Worship Center, amazing church, amazing location. A lot of growth happening in our in our city. A lot of people moving to Tennessee, a lot of people moving to Murfreesboro. We have first-time guests every single set. A lot of things just, a lot of things going on, a lot of growing, a lot of expansion happening in our city. And... You could drive down Memorial. I mean, there's just there's a there's multiple restaurants right now being built, and there are dozens upon upon dozens of restaurants, fast food, all those kind of things. Multiple ones down Memorial Boulevard. And at any point, I could drive down Memorial Boulevard and meet the desires of my flesh. You know what I want? I want a cheeseburger. You know, I want. I need, man, I need to go here and give me some tacos. You know. 
I'm going to go over here and, and, and get a salad. You know, I'm going to go here and give me some hibachi. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up here. as an amazing donut shop up the, up the road. Man, I'm going to go over here and give me some donuts. You know, I mean, there's just I could just kind of look out my window at my office and just kind of it's just crazy. So many options, pizza places and sandwich places and so many options to feed my flesh. And fasting is not about not feeding your flesh. It's about feeding your spirit. And a lot of times, man, the way we feed our flesh is not how we feed our spirit. We will go one spiritual meal a week, and that is just us going to church. But we will eat three huge meals every single day to feed our flesh. And a lot of times, a lot of that stuff ain't ain't good for us. But we'll feed just ourselves one spiritual. And so a lot of times we are fasting spiritually rather than fasting all this other all these other things to try to just meet the desires of our flesh and those cravings of our flesh. Fasting's in the Bible, whether we want to, you know, it, it's there. Um, Paul said, I fast often, you know, um, and, and fasting needs to become a way of life for the believer. There's just times, you know what, I, I, I got to make a big decision. I'm, we, we're going to buy a house and you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast and I'm going to pull away from some stuff. I'm going to seek God. This is what God wants me to do. I'm about to, I'm about to accept a, a job promotion. You know, I'm about to accept a different job at a different employer and different business and I'm going to start a business, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue my doctorate, you know, or I'm going to go to college or I'm going to move or, man, we want to start having kids, you know, or. I want to get married. We want to get married. You know, like all these like huge, big life decisions, we should really pull back and implement fasting and say, you know what, I'm I'm going to do away of with sugar and meat. I'm going to I'm going to eat fruits and veggies. I'm going to drink water and juice, and I'm going to try to simplify some stuff in my life. And I'm going to really in that seek God and ask Him, what is this? What you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do for my family and for my life? And you want me to make this move, make this purchase? Big decisions, we should be implementing fasting, you know, uh, some kind of element, a couple of days, maybe a meal, whatever. The big thing is, is just going after God, seeking God and saying, God, what, you, what, what do you want me to do during this time so I can hear your voice and be able to receive from, from you? Lots of things I could continue to share about prayer. It's just really, really important. It's really interesting to think about in the beginning, God kind of, when he gave his blessing, it is kind of like him kind of like saying a prayer or a blessing. You know, we, we say a blessing over our food, like a prayer. And a lot of times I, I, I begin to think about that, how God blessed Adam and Eve. And before Adam produced anything, he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. But they hadn't done anything to show themselves to be productive. But God blessed them. And before they did anything, God, God gave them his blessing. And a lot of times, man, we need to know we are not performing for God. God has put his hand of blessing on our life. And he says, I bless you. And when you begin to look at scripture and look at God as not something like this is what I believe, but this is who I believe, changes everything. You can pick up, I can pick up this Bible and say, man, this is what I believe. I mean, it's just words on pages. I believe in God, our Father, who is in heaven. 
This is not just a belief system, but this is this is a beloved father who has given us his spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us to quicken our mortal bodies, the New Testament tells us. That's who he is. He's a good God. And when you begin to understand, man, God is good. God is faithful. God is my father. God is my counselor. He's my rescuer. He's my deliverer. He's my savior. When you begin to see that in that regard, really, really, you begin to you begin to rise up to want to meet the level of blessing that he has given you in your life. So he blessed Adam and, Adam and even said, be fruitful and multiply. They hadn't done anything, but because they, they walked with God in the cool of the day, they knew who God was. They wanted to rise up to that level, to that standard that God had blessed them with. And I love it in Numbers 6, 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So my prayer for you throughout this new year, that you would pray first that there would be a certain place of prayer, that there would be a posture in your prayer, that there would be an understanding of the sovereignty of God in your prayers, that God is sustaining you and he's giving you sustenance for your, for your spirit, that there's repentance, that there's an ownership, that there is a changing of the way you think about things that are pulling you from God, that there is forgiveness, right, for those that you have ought with. And then ultimately, you would understand Jesus, God, as our deliverance, as our deliverer. And implement fasting when you when you are heading into season where you got to make some big decisions, that you would implement some type of, type of fat, pulling away. Now, I'm not going to feed my flesh. I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to listen to God. What does God want me to do in this situation? And begin to see the blessing of God in your life and begin to rise up to the level of blessing that God has over your life. Hope it's an encouragement to you. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result.